You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had an absolute blast celebrating the two-year anniversary of Vox and Hops. I am still stoked, blown away, and just so thankful and grateful that I've had the chance to be doing Vox and Hops for over two years now. It is simply amazing. I love it. That would not be possible without all of you Vox and Hops heads who have listened to the podcast, all of the Vox and Hops alumni for coming and having a chat with me and sharing a brew. And of course, to my beautiful wife and wonderful producer, Jessica Buckingham, because uh, Vox and Hops would be nothing without her. This is a Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. When there isn't a global pandemic, they normally put on a bunch of sick metal shows throughout the year, and they host one of North America's sickest festivals. Trust me when I say this, people. I have played just about all of them, and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I am super, super stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops podcast. I'm very, very excited about today's episode because it is with an artist that I truly love and appreciate, and their record will be in my top 10 of 2020. Get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops episode number 198 with Farida Lumucci of Molasses and the Devil's Blood. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Farida Lumucci of Molasses and, of course, of The Devil's Blood. I am uh, super, super stoked to be with you because uh, I am a massive, massive fan, especially of this this new record that just, just came out on October 16th via Season of Mist called Through the Hollow. How are you doing, Farida? And uh, tell me, I like to launch a complex question at first recently, is how have, how have you been coping with 2020? <laughs> 2020. Well... Uh, yeah, well, we were recording the album, so that was a great part of 2020. I'm working on that. That was cool. Um, and for the rest, yeah, it's uh, it's a shitty year, but aren't they all? <laughs> <laughs> there are some highlights. That's, that's true that you guys uh, recorded this beautiful record. It's, it's it's so beautiful. I love it. I love the the vibe of it. Uh, the the it takes you on a journey. It's almost hypnotic. Uh, take me and explain to people what through the hollow means for you. Uh, well, it's exactly that journey. I think uh, what what you just described uh, of of moving through some some real uh, hard times of of mourning and loss and um, well horror. I don't know. You know, just the 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 most shitty parts of life and struggling struggling through that and uh yeah and uh, and then moving on it's like uh you know you, you 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 it takes you to a higher plan if 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 you let it and uh, i think that is pretty symbolic for 
moving through the hollow. Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, you can feel it throughout the whole record that there's this whole evolutionary process of, of grieving and getting through it. It's beautiful. It's really, I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy it. I've been listening to it nonstop since it came out. Uh, what What is up with your relationship with Roadburn? <laughs> because they, they are seem to be very... Uh, you know, a huge part of your whole career. Yeah, that's true. They, you know, the Devil's Blood premiered there. They asked Molasses to come and and perform in 2019, which subsequently led you to forming and and, and, and putting out a full length. So talk to me about your relationship with Roadburn being from the Netherlands and it being such a a monumental festival. Yeah, well, you know, uh, we knew Walter... uh, Roadburn was there for years and years and and uh, we visited the festival and you know when you uh, are you know all the musicians and people and friends and blah 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 and Walter was a part of that group um and yeah with the devil's blood our first show was there even when we uh, at first we thought we were only going to uh, uh, record some stuff and never play uh, and then Walter called Selim like, uh, do you want to play? And we were like, oh, uh, should we do that? So we thought about it for quite a while. And then we thought, yeah, why not? So, yeah, and, and then it began. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's a very uh, close uh, relationship we have and uh, everything. It's, it's like this annual feast <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a special. It's also. It's a. Spe- have you ever been there? I haven't, sadly. I I, I have played uh, the O thirteen a bunch of times with my band Cryptopsy. Yeah. I know the city very well. I've played there many many times. I always end up at the Little Devil, of course. Whenever yeah. you're in Tilburg, <laughs> you you have to. So so no, I haven't. But it is. I know that it's a monumentous festival which is yeah. extremely eclectic and and it is a, a gathering of a whole bunch of amazing musicians in one place yeah mu- musicians and and people who like music and everything is is just one big uh yeah when i say happy family it wouldn't <laughs> it sounds a little <laughs> bit crazy but it, it is that actually so yeah even i mean you don't have to be in a band or be a musician to to feel the same uh, thing that is going on there all all, all the time. So uh, it is good to be there. And yeah, well, if you can play Roadburn, that's that's the best. Absolutely. Yeah. And and all, all the venues in, in the Netherlands are just so beautiful. But O thirteen, it, it's got something special for sure. Yeah, it does. And uh, Tilburg is is a really cool place. I I mean, we I, I live in Eindhoven. It's it's like a twenty minute drive from from Tilburg, and uh, all the people there are. Uh, it's it's a cool place to be. So love it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the FNR is still is still very cool too, though. Well, <laughs> it's a, it's it's in my hometown. The old FNR was 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 way cooler. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. Last time I was there, I went to being a huge craft beer enthusiast. I went and drank some beer at the, this right, Trafalgar pub. Yes. The Trafalgar pub. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yes. We had a good night there and uh, I enjoyed quite a few great uh, Netherlands craft brews. Craft, so, so, yeah. 
Yeah, Vox and Hops is all about me hanging out with uh, metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. You said, "Is it okay that I'm drinking wine?" And I said, "Of course, it's okay <laughs> that you're drinking wine." But what, 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 what wine are you drinking? Tell me about your relationship with wine. Well, um, well, I love red wine, but uh, yeah, we had we just had dinner with you know. Sometimes the wine is better with with uh, good food, and especially in autumn. It really. Oh, this is a Rosso Toscana. So it's an Italian wine, I guess, or not? It's a Vino Biologico. Of course, yes. But because you're about beer, I'm going to finish this and then I'm going to take a, a, a craft beer. Good, awesome. If, awesome. I mean, if, if, if uh, Job wants to give me one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, on my side, I'm opening up a very good brew here from here in Montreal. Uh, it's the Imperial Chacon Noisette uh, from one of my favorite breweries. They only make dark beers. This is Boregal Brasserie Distillery, and it is a 10.3% ABV. Oh. It is an imperial chocolate, chestnut chocolate stout. So I'm going to crack this open. Tell me about uh, your relationship with with beer. Do you remember your first beer, Frida? Yes, I do. Um uh, my father used to drink beers and uh, I was always the one who, who uh, when he opened the bottle, he told me, pour it in my glass. And I always poured too hard so the beer would come over it and I could drink it from, you know. So I was a very small <laughs> child when I uh, started drinking beer. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it. I, I know that the, the Netherlands has a, a beautiful craft beer scene. Uh, tell me about your experience with craft beer, and if you are actually a craft beer enthusiast. Well, uh, you know, I'm 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 a beer. I'm an alcohol enthusiast, <laughs> and I like I love beer. I I I think most of the time I drink beer, especially when you hang with friends and blah blah blah. And now this crafted beer thing is uh, very uh, hip. So you have lots of uh, breweries around here and you can sit and taste some. And, uh, well, I love to taste a good beer. But the I think that, the, you know, I love drinking lots of beer when I started start drinking. So the the very heavy ones you're talking about now. Um, like this beautiful beer. They are for, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a very dark one, yeah. So that, do you do you taste the chocolate? Absolutely, it's the, yeah. the nice roasted malts they got it. Yeah, it's like creamy chocolate with a booze bite, and then the hazelnut sort of crispiness at the okay. end. It's, it's delicious. They really make the best dark beers here in Montreal. They're, they're just killing it, great. killing a young brewery, but they're doing great, great stuff. Yeah. I think the downside of this really uh, good, uh, heavy, heavy beer is you can't drink so much from it because you you're drunk very, very soon, and the headaches are really terrible. So. <laughs> Yes, yes. It, it is a science, Frida. We, ha we have to we have to be very, very aware of what's going on and drink lots of water to, to get through the day. If you start <laughs> with if you start your day at two p.m. with a ten point three percent imperial chocolate stale, but you have to sometimes when you're hanging out with uh, some some awesomely dark musicians such as yourself. <laughs> I think it was it was it was suited. It was suited. Take me to uh, the soundtrack of your youth. Uh, when you were growing up 
in your parents or guardians home what music was playing when you were not in control of the music what music did your parents or guardians listen to well uh my father was a was a uh, he loved all the west the old western uh, uh movies with the music so morricone was there so not too bad <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, lots of jazz uh, music like uh, Billy Holiday and Dave Brubrek and that sort of stuff. And uh, my mother was uh, more of the Pink Floyd and Queen and Yes and all that stuff. And I had this uncle. He had a apartment close to our house. Well, I was a little bit older than like like 10 or 11. And when he was working, he gave me the key. And he had this really, really big uh, album collection and I could sit in his apartment with headphones and uh, listen to all his stuff. And there was lots of, uh, well, um, yeah, well, also the Queen and the Yes and the everything. And from the 60s and the 70s, uh, I had it all. The Stones, the Beatles, everything. Yeah. That's Only, amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I had a really good uh, uh, basics there. Yeah. And it was some years later, I think, when I was 12. uh these guys in my street, uh, they were much older than me and they were metalheads, real metalheads. And I, I found them very interesting and we talked about music and then they made me my first mixtape. And there, oh. uh, yeah, so then <laughs> Motorhead and uh, and uh, Rainbow and Accept and they were all on that tape. And then this new world opened up to me. So, yeah. Wow. Imagine you didn't meet those people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you would have stumbled onto it eventually because it's huge. Probably. But... <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. But I, I, I'm happy I did so in early because then you have all this time to explore. So, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, take me to your first show. The first show that you went to experience live. It doesn't have to be metal. It doesn't have to be extreme. Just the first time live music. It wasn't metal at all because we had this band in Holland uh, that called Dumar, uh, a Dutch. Uh, they sang in Dutch also. It was a little bit reggae, and they uh, became huge, <laughs> like like Beatles esque. Uh, it was it was terrible actually because. <laughs> they split, yeah, because they split up because of it. They only existed for, I think, four years. And there were shows uh, where where girls uh, uh, started screaming and fainting, and it, it was terrible. Uh, and I think I was 11, and this uncle of the album uh, collection, he bought two tickets, uh, and it was here in the where uh, later uh, Dynamo Open Air took place. And and we went to that concert, and I remember very well that I was struck by the the, the insanity of, of <laughs> people like oh okay what the fuck is this yeah, but I enjoyed that was really cool to see a band live you like and you have the the, the albums and the, yeah, so uh, that was a nice experience yeah. But I I I, I remember very well that we were sitting on the side and and looking at all these crazy crazy girls uh fainting <laughs> and i was like okay i do not understand this so that never happened to me luckily <laughs> it never got me yeah 
you weren't there for the friends. You were there because you were a fan of the music. Yes, I wanted to see the band and I wanted to <laughs> sing the songs, but I didn't want to faint and, and, and yell and scream. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about singing a little bit. Um, for myself, I've always sang. There's videos of me in my underwear in cowboy boots at two years <laughs> old singing. Um, how about you? Did you always sing, Farida, or is that something that came later in life? No, I always sang or sing. Yeah, sang. I sang. always sang. Yeah, yeah. My, I, uh, I don't really know when it started. I always sang. We used to sing in the house. Uh, my mother was a real good uh, uh, soprano, and uh, every time when we, uh, you know, did the dishes, then we would sing together, and you know, two voices uh, like that, and canon and everything, and um, we always were singing. Uh, my father and me were like uh, this uh, when uh, we did this opera thing when he started to talk to me he did it in, a, in an opera voice and I would <laughs> talk to him uh, in opera voice and yeah there was always music everyone also my grandmother uh, yeah uh, we I sang all the time actually yeah <laughs> That's amazing. Was there ever a moment that, that you, you imagined or aspired that you would be the one on stage? Was that something that happened early on or did it come later? No. Uh, yeah, it was not like that I had a dream or something, you know, one day I will be in the Wembley Stadium or something. Not not like that. But um, I was always uh, trying to, you know, uh, imitate a, a Blondie, for example, and... Uh, oh. With the yeah, I could imagine of being famous, but it was not my goal. It was never an ambition or something. But you know, you have this dream sometimes, or these fantasies. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I had the the the, the uh, I don't know how do you say you, we had a musical when we we finished uh, first uh, of primary no not primary school but I don't know. Yeah, when when you go to high school and you finish the school before, right, middle school, bigger than. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, no I, um, uh, then uh, we had this musical, and I got the head part, and I really enjoyed it to be the one. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was never afraid of it or something. Yeah. Was that would have been your first time on stage? Yeah, I think. I think so, on a real stage with 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 a real audience and stuff. But but we always did it also, you know, on 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 parties, at home. When my grandmother had her birthday, I would call up my cousins and say, "Okay, we're going to do this," and I would, you know, arrange something, and then we would do it for our uh, aunts and uncles. And yeah, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. I love it. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about releasing this record during a pandemic when you can't tour it? Is touring something that is even in Molasses's plans in the future, or is it just something that's going to be you're going to keep special for yourselves? No. Uh, well, we had we we have an, a tour planned uh, in oh, cool. yeah in January uh, with uh, Tribulation and Bolzer. Very cool. But yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, if it's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, of course, we want to play and we want to tour. Sure. If uh, if the tour is, is, is something we would, you know, we would like or the bands are OK, uh, cool. And but yeah, 
uh, times are really strange now, so uh, I think it's going to take a while before we, we can do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we got to be safe and uh, we got to keep our fans safe as well as ourselves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> more da- dangerous and dirty than traveling in a big bus with, with 30 other people. <laughs> When yeah. there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> and then on stage and then, and then uh, you know, <laughs> people, yeah, I don't think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Talk to me about um, not being on stage and, and that feeling. I know for myself, just, just this during the pandemic, I haven't played on a stage in a long time since last July because we entered a writing period. Yeah. Um, how were all the years when you weren't performing? How did, how did you handle that? Well, in the beginning, it was, you know, I didn't miss it because I had so many other things to do. Uh, there was so many things going on in my life that, you know, it was just not a part uh, of, of, of my life at that time. But after a few years, when I got to see other bands or, you know, my, my boyfriend, he was in the band and... Uh, uh, Oots was in a, you know, everyone was playing music and I went along and, and, and was backstage and I saw the bands and then I had these moments where I thought, oh, oh, oh shit, I want to do that. I want to be, you know, uh, I miss this. But, um, I always also thought one day, uh, when the time is right, it will happen. Yeah. Mm. So you just needed that time to heal. Yeah. Yeah. I needed that time to heal and also to take care of my son and to take care of my mother and uh, yeah so many things that were more important at that moment so yeah absolutely um for this record correct me if i'm wrong i think this is the first time that you you've actually handled lyrics on a record is that true that's true yeah yeah how did you go about that is that something that uh, made this record more difficult for you Uh, was it more of a like exposing yourself more making yourself more vulnerable um yeah i think so uh i don't know if yeah it was uh maybe in the beginning a little bit difficult on how to do that you know i wanted to but i didn't exactly know how or where should i begin or whatever but i had this really good uh thing going on with Oots, the guitar player who is also responsible for lots uh, of the music and we have this good connection and we could talk about, uh, you know, my feelings and our feelings and, and, and what what I wanted to say. And, and so, uh, yeah, over a period of time, it, it just developed into uh, into these lyrics. So, um, yeah, you have to get used to it. it, it it's, it's a little bit scary, but uh, yeah. I, I was very sure that I wanted to talk about uh, all the stuff that I had been through. So then, yeah, if you, if if you have if you know if you start and it goes well, then suddenly it just uh, is not difficult anymore. Yeah. Mm, so just, just getting past that yeah. first roadblock, yeah. the momentum just exactly. everything just poured out almost. Yeah. In a way, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work at it, though. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a singer. I, I've interviewed a bunch of people that they write actively, and they actually—it's something that they do. They're they're writers. They they write poems. They write. I'm not a singer like that. I write mm. when I receive the music, and then I have a mission to accomplish, and I accomplish, and that's when I write my lyrics. Are you someone that 
jot stuff down. Are you a writer? No, I'm not a writer. I'm not a poet. I'm not a speaker. <laughs> I'm a singer. <laughs> but I, 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 I need some help. You know, I need some. I don't know. I'd like to. I like to talk about. Uh, I like to think. I'm a thinker, and I like then to talk about my thoughts. And if I have someone in in the na- uh, you know near me who who can translate these thoughts, and then something is happening, you know. Uh, but uh, I I find it very difficult to go, to sit down and take a piece of paper and then just start writing. That's not how it works for me. Yeah. It has to be like a a communion back yeah. and forth. A, a, the communication has to be cyclical yeah. for someone to throw your own ideas back at you, almost. Exactly. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Very that's exactly how it works. Yeah. Is it, is it almost because if you're by yourself, you don't trust yourself and you don't think the ideas are good? Or um, that is a part. That's a big part of it. Yeah. I think I. I you know, I turn fifty next year, and then you think that you know. You have no insecurities anymore, and you're just uh, old, <laughs> old and uh, wise, and blah 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 blah. But when you start something new, then then you become, you know, a teenager again. Like, oh, what am I doing? And I'm uh, maybe maybe I should not do this because I don't. I'm not good at it, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a struggle, also. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. Yeah. As as an artist, it, it's it's very natural for us to feel that way. I feel that way all the time. Releasing a new record, yeah. or uh, when I started the podcast, uh, there's always that moment of insecurity and and, and fear that it's not going to go well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's natural. Did you guys have that when you when you when you did this road burn with uh, molasses for the first time? Did you have all those feelings leading up to it? I think so. Yeah, in the beginning, of course, there were lots of questions we asked ourselves the whole time. But we also had this point where we decided, okay, uh, we're going to do this and we're going to try to make it work. But we also decided that, you know, if 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 we thought it wasn't good enough, we would call Walter and say, well, sorry, but this is not going to happen because we have to have this standard, you know, this. Uh, yeah. But I think uh, I think everything, every good thing comes out from an insecurity because then you doubt and then you start uh, uh, looking into it. And, and, you know, I think it's important. With all great art, 100%, you, you have to doubt yourself and, and look at it in a different angle. Yeah. And then that there it comes in the communion of bringing someone else in to look at it from another angle that we wouldn't even see because we're way too close to the project. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. To take me to the, we're going to do one song at Roadburn to here we are with a full record what what motivated you guys to do that was it just the reaction was it was it uh, the experience of of playing it i just watched the video right before we jumped into this chat and you looked like you had a great time so so to where did it where did it transform into a full album well i think that happened before the 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 the, the um show really okay cool. yeah because when we were uh, writing, you know, this material for the Roadburn show, we we uh, very soon found out. Oh, there's so much more, and this we have this really good thing going on, and we're we're not done yet. You know, this is we have to continue. So uh, I think that idea was already there before before the the the, the EP even because we had this EP coming out on Roadburn, That's right. and and before we went into the studio, we already knew. Uh, we're going to make an album. We have to. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
Uh, and were, were there worries that you weren't going to uh, please the Devil's Blood's fan base because you guys were such a, a mythical, monumentous band? Th- did you have that moment that th- they wouldn't accept it? Well, we uh, of course uh, we thought about that also. You know, we had yeah. I mean. Um, there were high expectations, and that is that is always hard to live up to. I mean, it it will never be what anyone expects. Uh, so, uh, so we had to let that go also. Uh, and um, well, you know, if yeah, well, in the end, I I don't care, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It is a new project, and it has it. It has, you know, the 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 roots are definitely founded in the Devil's Blood, but but I feel like it's it's grown into something else. It's, it's it definitely is. has it is it has different colors than the Devil's Blood yeah. definitely had. Yeah, yeah, it has That's to. I mean, it's it's different, you know. And uh, of course, we have our roots somewhere. We have this history, and and that is yeah. And we have four members of the band, so of course there is uh, there is a comparison if you know but yeah we're we're something completely different yeah the modern era of of bands typically don't write in a room together they exchange ideas over the internet is that how molasses worked uh yeah well we had um yeah well yop my boyfriend he lives here so we're here uh (laughs) i hope (laughs) (laughs) and uh well and he he came to my place uh lots of times where we just sit here at the kitchen table um working on ideas thinking about lyrics also and about a theme and you know all that stuff and uh, ron was here for many times doing the same thing and uh but there was always an idea already uh, taped or demoed or whatever. And then uh, um, everyone listened to it. And then we came into the rehearsal room and started working on on uh, on that material. Uh, so I think, yeah. But also things have, have um, uh, sprouted from the rehearsal room. So it's a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um take me back let's travel back in time uh to your favorite tour that you've done if you can go back and relive <laughs> one tour that you've done what tour would that be and why well that 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 must have been the tour in in the states uh we went on tour with uh, behemoth uh what uh, in solitude and the devil's blood and um yeah i don't know i cannot even grasp that in words because it was the most uh I've never experienced anything like it, and I think I never will, uh, actually. It was so... Yeah, we had such a... What is the right word for that? We were we were total fan of each other. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, uh, we had like a month, and every day uh, we would watch the Watain show, we would watch the Behemoth show, we would watch the In Solitude show, and vice versa. So we were all watching each other every time, and it was like, uh, yeah, that was crazy. That was phenomenal. <laughs> and we had a really that is good, a monumentous. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah. 
even even with the 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 Watain smell, I've toured with Watain, and <laughs> they're, they're they're lots of fun, but they had they, they they do come with an odor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we had the same odor, so it doesn't yeah, matter. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, theirs was even even worse. No, no, I don't know. You get used to. I mean, <clears throat> I remember this. Uh, you get you really get used to that smell, and I remember when uh, w- the tour was already long, long time uh, ago. Uh, I went to Watain in uh, 013. Uh, I think it's two years ago, maybe, or something. And uh, then they invited me backstage, and I went backstage, and there was that smell again, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so good. <laughs> yeah. It's like a warm blanket. <laughs> yeah, well, but, you know, scent is, 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 is so connected mm. to memories, and it was a good Absolutely. memory, so, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a friend who who is their guitar tech, and he takes their guitars and opened it up, and it was full of maggots once, which is, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is something. When because you don't know when you're going to go, you know, you they acquire you guys acquired the blood on tour. It, it comes from fans a lot of the time, so you don't know what's going on there. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and it, it when it, and when it gets old, it starts to live <laughs> again. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, back to craft beer. Perfect. Yeah, I introduced that one too. No, I don't know that. This like is blonde. Lumelar. Um, and it is from. Oh, it's from, from Belgium. It's a Belgium blonde beer. Can't go wrong with the Belgian. You can't go wrong with the Belgian. So. No, you can't go. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Cheers for that. Cheers. Out. Yeah. Uh, uh, while you do that, think about this question. If you could make a molasses craft beer, what style of beer would it be and what would you call it? Well, molasses is this uh, syrup. Uh, they use it for lots of stuff. Um, well, m- um, then we would use that for a beer, I guess. Yeah. That's a I good think idea. That, so it, it will be dark and, and thick and... Um, Sticky, I think that is very yeah. cool. Yeah, and what would we call it? Uh, death is death is <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last question, Farida. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you mentioned it earlier that if we drink too many of these imperial chocolate noisettes 10.3 percent stouts, that you end up getting a headache. So, so yeah. what is your hangover cure when that does happen? Well, to be honest, I don't have hangovers. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I love drinking and I rarely have hangovers once, once in, in, in uh, years. My, 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 so the only thing that I have is that I'm a little bit tired and, and a little bit uh, grumpy. Uh, what helps is... Uh, just uh, close the windows, uh, close the curtains, and put on some Netflix, and uh, uh, put, you know, yeah, don't talk to me. No, I, I have no. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have hangovers. <laughs> I'm impressed. You're, that means you're you're an experience. It's because you've been drinking since you're so young. Yeah, we are <laughs> sipping yeah. the foam off of the table. <laughs> I really don't know if it's a good sign. I don't think so. <laughs> Farida, thank you so, so much for taking the time, having a chat with me, talking about your life, music, and of course, craft beer. Yeah. Um, 
Everybody, please go listen to Molasses' new record. Through the Hollow came out via Season of Mist on October 16th. It's I'm listening to it. It, it was my album of the week a few weeks ago, and uh, I love it. I love it to death. Cheers, Rita. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. was great. <laughs> Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great chat. I I am such a fan of this new Molasses record, Through the Hollow. I've been listening to it just nonstop since it's dropped. I've just had it on constant rotation every time I listen to it. It's one of those albums that I'm hearing something new. It is super mesmerizing and completely captivating. And if you have not listened to it, I absolutely suggest that you go and do that right now. It came out via Season of Mist, and you should check it out. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely go and subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, because I have over 190 episodes that you can go back and check out. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.